0: You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. This is Ben Wolf, as always, your host. Uh, today, we are going to learn from our guest how to rock your complicated and long sales cycle clients. Uh, that is the main topic for today. Uh, I remind everybody, please pause for a moment here. And you're listening or watching of this podcast, subscribe, like, leave a review, follow, whatever it is in your particular uh, platform that you are listening to or watching this in, whether it's Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcast, uh, YouTube, or whatnot. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Leave a leave a review. Leave like a nice one sentence, even just you know Apple Apple reviews. I definitely need more of those uh, five star, if possible. If it's less than five stars, please you can uh, just not leave a review. Uh, and moving on, I want to get on to a, introducing our guest today. Uh, she is founder and chief sales officer uh, at alicehayman.com. Am I, pronoun- I, I usually don't do this in the middle, but is it a Heyman or Hyman? How do you pronounce it? Hyman. Hyman. Okay, thank you, because I already started saying it wrong. So she is founder and chief sales officer at alicehayman.com. And that's, uh, well, I'll get to spelling in a minute. Uh, she and her team teach uh, companies uh, with business to business, large clients. Or with large and co- or with long, excuse me, in complex sales cycles, how to rock they rock their sales and large account management processes. Uh, she was previously a director and a trainer at the Miller Hyman Group uh, and a sought-after public speaker. She's a vintage speaker. She's a very well-known person and speaker out there. You can find out more about her at alicehyman.com. And Hyman is not spelled the way you might think. It's H-E-I-M-A-N. Alice Hyman, H-E-I-M-A-N.com and welcome, welcome Alice Hyman.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, it's great to be here, and I get to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is how do smaller companies sell to really large companies when there is a long sales cycle and a lot of complexities to navigate?
0: Yeah, and, and I really appreciate that too. You know, so, some guests that I have on this show, you know, will come in and get you know, much more similar guests at different things. We've had salespeople before, people who focus on sales, but this is a really, really unique angle that I think will add a lot of value to the listeners here. So I'm glad for what you'll be able to teach them today. Um, And with that, if if you could start off just giving people like a quick two minute history on like where you came from, how you got to be doing what you're doing and talking about now so people have a little more context.
1: Absolutely. So I want to say to all of you out there that I did not start out thinking I was going to have a career in sales. That just wasn't something I was going to do. I went to college. I got a degree in elementary and special education. I taught for a few years, got a master's degree and became a reading specialist. And I was doing that. And, um, My entrepreneurial spirit, which, you know, I was born with, just kept striking out on me and I kept starting up clubs and starting up organizations and starting up businesses. And Uh so that was, you know, kind of, you know, an interesting thing. But all of a sudden, um, after a couple of years, my dad wanted me to come work with him at uh, Miller Hyman and that was all about selling and how to navigate the complex sale so i got catapulted literally from kindergarten to the corporate world and i learned all about the complex sale Now, I had done a little bit of selling because when I was teaching, I always needed extra money, so I worked part-time. And then I did have my own business uh, that was a bookstore and resource center for parents and teachers, which I, you know, built that myself and and wrote a business plan and all of that. So I had a little teeny tiny bit of business background, but nothing with corporate at all. So it was really different. Um, But everything I had learned as a teacher about changing human behavior, navigating interesting situations putting puzzles together to come up with a solution helped me tremendously in the corporate world. And so when I did go to work for Miller-Hyman, um, I was able to uh, help in many different ways um, and work with some of the largest companies there like Fidelity Investments, Hewlett-Packard, AT&T, Dow Chemical, Merck, you know, you name it, the Fortune mm-hmm. 500, and they all had a very complex sale. Um, But so interesting though, Ben, is how I got from this big corporate world into the world of startups and smaller companies that are closely held. So they're Mm -hmm. not public companies, not on, you know, these big Fortune 500 lists or anything like that. So uh, that was very interesting to switch and I won't get into how that happened, but All of a sudden, I found myself in the dot-com world helping CEOs and sales leaders that all came from this big corporate world start up their sales teams from scratch. Mm -hmm. And still today, these um, closely held companies that I work with have a complex sale. They sell um, expensive, complicated, technical things to really large companies. And that's what I help them navigate.
0: Right. And, and, and that is a really interesting niche, I think. And, and so so let's paint a picture, if you don't mind, of these small and mid-sized businesses that are selling to large businesses or who have these longer, com- more complicated sales cycles. Paint a picture of them, like what kinds of deals are they dealing with? What kind of businesses are they in? Just like paint a picture, like before you would even come into the picture, paint a picture of them.
1: Yes. So I'll give you kind of general and then I'll dive into a couple of examples of my clients. So mm-hmm. um, in general, they are either a well-funded startup or, you know, a more mature company, maybe 10 years old just past that startup place. Um, sometimes they're older, like 30 years, but they all have are still owner led and investor backed. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are family owned. So the investors are family members, but they have private equity funding, or in the case of a startup, of course, venture funding. And the CEOs all have the same goal in common. They want to grow their sales and get a high valuation for their company so that when they choose to exit you know, they can reap the rewards of all their hard work. Um, Or if they choose to pass it down to the next generation, that generation will uh, receive a business that has a high valuation and they can work it, right? So they have this same goal to really build this world-class organization that can perform and get Mm -hmm. a high valuation. Now, these companies are companies that are in tech. Like they manufacture something technical, uh, something to do with computers, medical devices, um, important machinery that goes into making, you know, precise items, right? So they manufacture these things. And in many cases, the owner is the founder and they invented these things or Mm -hmm. thought them up or something, right? And then they are uh, manufacturing these things or uh, just, you know, developing these software. So a lot of software companies also, um, and then they're out after what we call enterprise accounts. So they want to sell their software to companies that are a hundred times their size. So if they're 10 million, 50 million, maybe even a hundred million, they're selling to companies Mm -hmm. that are billions of dollars large. Right. And they have to, be very clear on who their target audience is and direct their activity specifically to that audience. So I'll give you an example. Um, One of the clients I've worked with for about six years sells software as a service. They have a platform that helps salespeople have everything they need um, in terms of uh, collateral, on their laptop or their um, tablet or their phone. So it's available at all times, whether they're online or offline. And they can present it using this tool in a a really beautiful and easy interface for the customer. And Mm -hmm. so they sell this to companies who have large distribution networks. So this is really a a sales engagement tool. It helps salespeople do their job better. It helps engage the customer. Well, some of their uh, clients are humongous companies like Caterpillar, Toro, Mm -hmm. Navistar, um, Medtronics, just really, really large companies. And this company is is small, you know, they have about 30 employees and their revenues are still, you know, are just barely in the double digits of millions. So what happens is they have this target audience that they want to sell to, and they have to have a fantastic strategy because these big companies are, you know, so much more complicated and so much mightier than they are. So they have to appear extremely organized. They have to have exceptional customer experience. They have to have salespeople who know how to navigate because in these complex sales, one of the things that makes them so complex and stretches out the sales cycle is that there's not just one or two decision makers, there's Mm -hmm. eight, 10 or 12 decision makers. So I help this company to strategize and plan who they're going to sell to and then how exactly they're going to generate those leads and then approach those big customers and have their salespeople with their team navigate so that they find all of the people involved in making the decision and they learn about those people and understand how to bring that whole buying team to consensus and keep the deal moving forward the other thing that's making this complex is we're talking about hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars on in a short period of time or over the lifetime of that customer and so no one wants to make a mistake right the buying team has a lot of risk when they're spending that kind of money so that adds complexity and so we we, since the smaller company Uh, might be newer or not as well known, they have to minimize the risk for this very large company to buy from them. So these are some of the kinds of things um, that I help these owners with is really just this strategy around building an organization that can navigate these complex sales.
0: Well, would you mind, and I apologize for, I'm having some video issues, so uh, I apologize for my video not showing now, but the would you mind going into a couple of those I don't know techniques or steps that Sorry. you that you that you teach them to use or, or help them develop uh, that they should be having in mind if you know if somebody out there is thinking you know whatever that, that they also are are selling to bigger companies or in more complex cycles what uh, what are some of the elements of that
1: So if, if you are right now, maybe, um, thinking about doing what we call going upstream, right? So maybe you're selling to smaller companies, what we call SMB small and mid-sized businesses, Mm -hmm. and you'd now like to sell to enterprise. The very first thing that you'll want to do is take a look at the total addressable market, right? So how many companies are there out there, the size that you want that could buy from you. And so maybe you say, well, okay, we want, um, you know, to have a target market that is companies over a um, hundred million in sales. Mm-hmm. I would say even bigger than that, probably would be like close to a billion in sales. Mm-hmm. And then we'd like them to be in in these verticals, healthcare, um, travel, or uh, hospitality, and um, and manufacturing. So now we know that they have to be at least a billion dollars in revenues and we know the three industries that they're in. And then we might also start to segment by geography, we might want to start at least in the western half of the United States, or, you know, depends on the maturity of the company, you could cover the whole United States. But typically, we're going to have some geography. We're not just going to go after everyone in the world, at least Mm. not to start, right? So that's really important first is you've got to really target your audience. What's your total addressable market? And then what part of that market do you want? And then specifically call out the um, demographics that will tell you you are going after the right companies. Now, that will give you a list of some size that might give you a list of 1,000 or 2,000. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll give you a list of more, but on um, whatever that list is, we still want another way to cull it down a little bit more. So we might want companies who also care about the environment, for example, and that might take out 1,000 companies and whittle us down to 2,000. So whatever the... the Demographic indicators are that tell you this company is most likely to buy from you. We want to write those out and make sure everybody is 100% clear on who we're going after. Now, here's a caveat. That's who we're going to spend time, money, energy, and resources going to get. However, some of the companies that aren't on our list might call us because they heard about us some, you know, from someone they know or because um, you know, they were researching and we came up. So they'll come to us. We won't turn them away because they don't fit our ideal customer. You know, mm-hmm. We'll talk to them. We just won't spend time, money, and resources going after them. Okay. So once we've determined that, now each salesperson is going to take a subset of these accounts these that we wanna go after, and we're gonna plan an approach. Now, if you have a marketing team, marvelous. But a lot of the smaller companies that I work with, especially when they're kind of in that 10 to 50 million, they maybe have one or two marketing people and have a little bit of outsourcing. So we're really leaving it to sales to generate the leads. Now, the first thought is, oh, let's go cold calling. Well, cold calling does work, but it's really hard. And my job is to make sales easier Easier, so
0: Sounds I don't good.
1: want anybody doing it the hard way, Ben. Why? Let's do it the easy way. So um, I could give you a couple specific examples of how a salesperson could start out and approach. A yeah, no, that's whole a great list like this. A great
0: next step. Yeah.
1: Okay, so um, if I had a list, maybe let's say I was given um, two hundred named accounts that I should go and try to land. What I would do is carve out about 25 to start with. I would take those 25 and I would do a little bit of research on each and then I would cull it down to my top five that I wanna go after. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to do this in sets of five for a reason. Um, There's always a method to my madness. (laughs) So what I want to do is make it manageable. And I also want to be able to put a concentrated effort. If I try to go after all 200 at a time, it's just too much 200 at a time. Now, if I have a marketing team, they could certainly get some email addresses and start marketing to those 200 while I'm segmenting it down and putting out a concerted effort. But I personally, as a salesperson should not try to go after 200 companies at Mm -hmm. one time. Now, some of the specific reasons, one, if I pick five companies, I can deeply research each of those five and learn the things that I need to learn to be able to bring insights into the conversations that I plan on having. If I'm trying to do 200 at a time, there's no way that I could do the amount of research that's required for this type of sale for mm-hmm. me to really make an impact and make an impression. Now, you know, if I'm a salesperson and I need CMOs and CEOs and VPs to talk to me, I gotta appear pretty darn smart. I gotta appear worthy of having a conversation. Right. So if that's the case, then I better do my homework and I can't do 200 at a time. I can do 25, narrow it down to five and do a deep dive into those five. So that's the first reason. The second reason is because I need to find five to 10 people at each one of those companies that I believe could be involved in making the decision. Now that's, like I said, one of the things that makes up a complex sale is that there's many people involved in making that decision. So if you follow right. the Gartner research, you know, we went from a couple of years ago, it was six to eight. Now it's eight to 10. Now it's like up to 12, more and more people are getting involved and different people are getting involved. So we have to, as a salesperson, be aware of that. So if I've got five companies and at least five people at each company, maybe more that I'm trying to learn about and approach. Now that's 25. That's
0: already a lot.
1: Right? And I've got to email and call and link in and stay in touch and stay in touch and stay in touch. Because speaking of 12, that's about how many touches it's taking before somebody goes, oh, that looks interesting. I think I'll respond. Unfortunately, your salespeople are stopping after three. Three attempts. I emailed them. Mm. I emailed them. I called them. I didn't get a response. I'm done. So CEOs out there, sales leaders out there, I'm telling you, we mm. must be persistent. But 12 touches, you're thinking, oh my gosh, 12 touches. Well, it's what not like, saying? hey, did you see my it's last not like email? harassment? Right. Wait, it can't be harassment then it can't, right? So we better add value. So if we've done a deep dive into those five, we've done our homework, we have those insights, now those 12 touches, each one of them, we're sharing insights and we're making people think, wow, Maybe I should talk to that Alice Hyman. She seems to know a lot about our industry and something about our business. So with can you say everything- one
0: thing? can you say one thing about the kind of value ads that you're talking about? Sure.
1: Well, I'll give you a perfect example. I was just working on this with a client. So, um, we're going to do a campaign. We've got, I, I, ca- I call it the five by five by five by five by five <laughs> because I don't want them to get overloaded. So, I, I say just think in fives and you'll be okay. Otherwise, it gets too big, right? So, we've got these five companies. We're going to find five people at each company, right? We're going to spend five weeks giving them 12 to 15 touches. So. We're, what it would look like is this. So we were um, going after auto dealers with my one client. And so of course we have a giant list of auto dealers, but we only want auto dealers that have three or more, what we call roofs, so that locations, right? Three uh-huh. or more. Locations. So 10 is even better, right? So this is who our specific target audience is. Now we're going to build, we, we picked the first five, And now at auto dealers, there's not going to be um, 12, but there's going to be three or four people who are going to get involved in the decision, especially for these bigger ones. You know, there's going to be the GM of each location. There's going to be the owner. There's going to be some IT people, um, Mm -hmm. sales leaders. So, you know, you're going to get about five, right? So we said, okay, let's do an approach for these auto dealers we'll get all the names and we get started. So we say, all right, the first touch in our campaign is going to be a phone call. Now it could be an email. It could be a LinkedIn. It's up to you. It could be any of those things, but we decided on a phone call. So we decided that we would call and we had a very specific message for them about the product that was short. And just basically asking them, is this an, does this have enough interest to you to schedule some time to talk about it? That's all. Because when I'm cold calling you, I'm interrupting you.
0: Right.
1: And so I need to be brief.
0: You're not expecting them to talk right then. No,
1: I'm not. Now, sometimes they say they can, so be prepared. But usually they'll set an appointment. If you say something specific enough with those insights you got, in talking with other auto dealers like you, We found that our product can help them do X five times faster than if without it. Is this, does this have enough interest to you to schedule an appointment to talk with me about it? Something simple like that. So it's got to be compelling, right? And then they say yes or no. All right. Or you leave a voicemail. So then I write out the voicemail and the voicemail again is very specific. Hi, it's Alice from ABC Company. I'm, we haven't met yet. I'm calling today because I, I've, in my work with other auto dealers like you, I found, and then whatever insights, da-da-da-da-da, if this is of interest to you, I'd love to schedule an appointment. I'm gonna send you an email to follow up. So that might be my first touch, right? So then I go ahead and I send an email with an interesting insight, some statistics, very short, maybe a link, maybe a video and send it off. Now, speaking of video, video emails, you know, are really great right now. They're getting a great response. So if you're not using videos in your emails, consider it. All right, so then I send that email. You say
0: video, you mean a specific video for that recipient?
1: Correct. So mm-hmm. like using a tool like Vidyard, Bonbon, Bomb Bomb, Hippo Video, Dub. there's a million of them, but I can record, it will compress, and I can put it into the email, it lists, puts a little thumbnail right in there so you can see me, as soon as you open the email, you see my smiling face, and when you click it, it plays the video. So those are getting a high rate of response. So then the next step is, okay, so I've called, I've emailed, now I'm going to go see if I can find them on LinkedIn. And if they're active on LinkedIn, if they're not active, I'm done. If they're active on LinkedIn, I'm going to interact with their posts, learn more about them, and then maybe the next day or two, I'm going to send a connection request again with some type of insight. I'm not going to say, oh, I emailed you and I called you and you didn't respond, so I'm going to try on LinkedIn. Do not say that. (laughs) And do not say, oh, I was stopping by your profile. Don't say that either. Uh, it's it fake. smart like I'm working with auto dealers like you and we found these amazing things and I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Let's connect. Okay. And then once they've connected, you know, it, it, then you can have enough, start a conversation. Don't try to sell them anything. In fact, don't try to sell them anything, period. Help them help them with the problem that you know they have that you can solve and then they'll buy, right? Versus let me tell you all about my product or service or let me send you and you all, if you're on LinkedIn, you get these messages all the time. I'm Alice and I do this and I do that. And my company does this and my company does that. And here you can watch a video all about my company. Bam, dealy. don't do that. (laughs) So you would get these campaigns set up for 12 touches. So like day one, phone call, I'd always right. say call twice, call once in the morning, call once in the afternoon, but only one of the times leave a voicemail. Here's my, my best advice on this. Call in the morning and leave a voicemail. That gives them the whole day to get back to you before at the end of the day, you call and try them again. They don't pick up, you don't leave a voicemail. Oh, now yeah. you skip a day or two, right? But in that day or two between you calling them again, maybe it's three days before you call them again, you're gonna try LinkedIn, You're going to try um, email. Uh, You might try Facebook. It depends on who your audience is. Wherever they live, go there. on Instagram, go there. Wherever they live, go there, right? So you do this for 12 touches. At the end of 12 or 15 touches, if they haven't responded, they're not going to, at least not now. So you can put them in the recycle bin and take them out in six months and try again. But if you do that type of a concerted campaign, you know, it's a concerted effort on those five people at those five companies and you run that strategically and you'll keep after it and be consistent, you will have a lot of leads. You will get somebody from one of those companies, you know, to talk to you and what every salesperson wants is more conversations, right? So that's specifically how you approach it. And if it's a larger company with more buying influences, you just have to, you have to find eight right. or more 12 people, people that you're gonna, you know, deploy your campaign against.
0: Right, no, that's, I, look, there's, there's a, yeah, th- this show is all about giving like actionable information for people. And even if you don't have large accounts, I think that anybody in sales uh, can use a lot of those nuggets that you said, I mean, the, you know, the, the don't give up after three, the be persistent, but be helpful, focusing on small, uh, you know, small chunks of people. Um, you know, there's a lot, a lot of nuggets in there that are extremely useful and, and we're just about out of time, but I just wanted to cover one other thing. Cause honestly, I think people should like review, make a transcript of what you just spoke about, but the uh, uh, on the account management side, what just like briefly, what's scary or how do people mess up with large account management uh, in these kind of instances? And, you know, what's the main thing that they should be thinking about doing differently?
1: So are you talking about before they land them or once they land the large account?
0: Well, what they- I meant was after they land them, it's, but maybe, you know, I'm, but if I'm asking the wrong question, I mean, you know, feel free to talk about something that you think would be most useful to people.
1: You're talking about after they land.
0: Them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah saying so you got right. the, you got the deal. Now, account management. What so I think of account management, I think of the part after the deal, after yeah, the handoff.
1: Just did a training for about five hundred people this morning on exactly that. So retention oh. is critical, right? All the statistics, just look it up. But it it costs so much less to retain a customer and grow them than it does to land a new one. You need both but you really need to retain your customers. So the big mistakes I see with large accounts is simply that we ignore them. Hmm. And we- I was just I was
0: just, just, talking with a group today about the same thing.
1: Yeah, it's like, when was the last time you talked to your customer? Well, maybe Sometimes you talked to- people the- are
0: afraid. They're afraid they're gonna get a complaint.
1: Right. They're not proactive and maybe they talk to the person, so example, my software company, they talk to the people who load their software all the time, the worker bees, but they don't talk to the people who get results from their software. No good. Right. So they've, Mm -hmm. you know, we've changed that. They've started to make sure they're talking to people at every level in the organization, the people who care about the bottom line, the people who care about the people, the people who care about the product and how it works. You've got to talk at all levels. So really the big mistake is just simply ignoring them. So once you've landed, right, your job is to deliver impeccably, right? Deliver what you promised. Onboard them, give them the training they need, hand-holding, check in, check and see if they're satisfied, just stay with them, stay with them, stay with them. Now, some of your companies have a team that will help you do that, an onboarding team, a customer success team, customer support, but usually customer support is reactive, not proactive. Customer success is Proactive reaching Mm -hmm. out So stay with them for the first period of time that makes sense to make sure they are supremely happy Mm -hmm. and then have a cadence for checking in with every level in that organization to confirm their satisfaction and to learn about what else they need, how else you can help them so that you can cross-sell and upsell. And as they buy more from you and you provide this exceptional experience for them, they become very loyal. And you know, they'll, they'll just look to you for answers, which is wonderful. And they'll also refer you to other people and make introductions right. for you. So you simply just can't land them and leave them. Right. Right. Y'all talk about land and expand. Well, you can't expand somebody you don't talk to, right? Right. And there's so much money being left on the table at corporations, large and small, all over the world, because we don't have a good plan for managing these large accounts once we land them.
0: Right. No, that's great. That's that's great advice. And the multi-levels, I think, is is a great nugget on that too. Obviously, the continued contact. One thing I've seen is, uh, you know, is, is, is that it prevents people potentially leaving, even if they're not happy, because when you talk with them, and you find out what's bothering them, and you can address it, then it preemptively addresses the point where if you're ignoring them, and then two months later, after the last time, you know, five, six months after the last time they heard from you, they hear from a competitor who, does your twelve-step LinkedIn reach out, and then they talk to them, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, I don't know, you know, I've been I'm annoyed for three months about this company that I never never bothered to tell them about it, so oh, right. you know didn't talk to their customers' specialists or whatever, and and so it never got addressed, and and they're just annoyed and, and primed right. to go somewhere else, uh, so this prevents that as well. Like anyway,
1: it happens every single day. People leave you, and you have no idea why because right. you either didn't do a good job and they didn't you didn't ask and so they didn't tell you or somebody else just stays in front of them stays in front of them stays in front of them
0: right yeah No. the persistence uh and then uh, the account management the multi-level it's great stuff and 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 look i I really really appreciate i think there was a huge number of 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 stuff that people can get out of this look alice Alice alicehyman.com h-e-i-m-a-n alicehyman.com um let me check you out look if you're one of these companies uh if you have large clients complex clients need help when developing the sales cycle with your sales team or you know involving your marketing department obviously reach out to alice certainly uh and you know talk about it you know see if there's a synergy there but i really really appreciate what you shared today
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. And please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and you can message me there and ask me a question. Happy to provide resources. So thanks so much, Ben. It's really been a pleasure.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, thanks every much, everybody for joining and we'll see you guys on the other side. Bye. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolfe.